We would like to advise that the following program may contain adult themes, occasional nudity, and language that may offend some listeners. Thank God it's... to the Lindley Evans Music Studio at the ABC in Ultimo for Thank God It's Friday. I'm Richard Glover and this week with the music, it's the legendary Jimmy Barnes! Yeah! And our panel, Jennifer Wong, Sammy Valentine and Tahir! Yeah! And our audience this week, gathered from Kiama, Young, the Blue Mountains, Newcastle, the Southern Highlands and Coromel! Yeah! The first... As usual, here is the news from nowhere. At the local park, people are sitting around talking. A certain subject comes up and suddenly a charge goes through the group. People lean forward to better hear what's being said. Heads cock, eyes shine. The topic, I should note, is not politics. It's not franking credits or negative gearing or even that proposal that Tony Abbott be sent as ambassador to the Vatican. (laughs) As if the Catholic Church hasn't been through enough. (laughs) No, someone has been asked how they intend to spend the morning. Someone has been asked that simple question. And this is what he says. He says, well, the stonework at the front of my place is a bit dirty. I thought I'd get out my gurney. (laughs) It's as if he disclosed he was off to Paris for the day. Which brand of gurney, says another man eagerly. Is it a karcher? Mine's a karcher. Is it sandstone or painted brick, says a woman, hungry for detail. Personally, I love kartering my sandstone, she says, her voice dropping to a sexy rumble, especially if the sandstone is badly stained. The questions are coming in battalions, too many for this man to answer. Instead, he paints a picture of the morning ahead. I thought I'd start with the steps and then get onto the sandstone. The trick is just to move slowly with your gurney. Direct the nozzle at just one rectangle of stone. Move it evenly back and forth using a sweeping motion. With each sweep, some grime will lift. Transfixed, the group mumbles back. The grime will lift. (laughs) The man continues and the sandstone will glow yellow. The group repeats his words once more. The sandstone will glow yellow. It's like call and response at church. I wish I had some cartering to do, says another fellow. I did mine a month ago and it really doesn't need doing again. The group nods. We're sitting in a circle. It feels like an AA meeting. That's the problem, the sandstone woman says. It's so addictive. I've been there at dusk, soaked to the skin, my family on the front steps saying, come on, Mum, that's enough. But when you've done 70% of the pavers, you just feel this need to press on. I'm the only one in the group yet to say anything. What about you, says the sandstone woman, the one with the sexy rumble. Do you, Karcher? Never have, I reply. But I understand the pleasure of a physical task, one which the mind can focus on, crowding out one other, one's other more negative thoughts. She leans forward, inviting me to disclose more detail. Oh, it's a bit embarrassing, I say, my voice dropping to a whisper. For me, it's ironing. 
take a whole basket full of mess and turn it into the most orderly stack of iron clothes and, and you know, clothes and, and other items. Straight away she's on to me. What do you mean, other items? You're not telling us that... At this my face reddens. Well, yes, bed linen, tablecloths, the odd tea towel. But, but, but not all the time. I don't always iron the tea towels. Sometimes I just fold them and put them away. My sentence grinds to a halt, stuck in a bog of embarrassment. The charge that had once electrified the group is now dissipated. A chill has descended. I decide I should try again. Plus, I say, eager to win them over, I really like driving a proper car with gears, not an automatic, (laughs) using the gears to slow before the curve, accelerating out of the curve. There's such pleasure in working the clutch and the gears, not like those stupid automatics. (laughs) Some in the group shift uncomfortably. Others stare at their feet. One man says it's time to go. Perhaps it's time for me also to leave. I call over my dog and we wander off. And as I leave, the the carcherers are talking about me. The woman says to the man, you do meet some very odd people in the park. (laughs) And that's the news from nowhere. Uh, a panel, Jennifer Wong, Sabi Valentine and Tahi. Tahi, I reckon you'd be a Kartra. I am. You'd I, have a gurney. I certainly am, for yeah. sure. I'd just yeah. gurney everything. Yeah. And um, the thing is... Gurney the kitchen, it, gurney the wife, gurney the kids. kids yeah. <laughs> I think, like, once you've gurneyed a bit, you've got to, you've got to see the bits you've cleaned, which gives you the impotence to continue. Yeah. So you go, oh, my God, look how good that is. Yeah. And then yeah. you, just, you, oh, you keep beautiful. looking back. Yeah. You keep yeah. looking back and comparing. Yeah. yeah. And the whole thing is you just sweep it off to your neighbours. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole... No. You're making the world a better one paver at a time. One paver at a time. You gurney yeah. your clothes and then iron them. That'd be a nice oh, yeah. combo. Yeah, that'd, that'd be yeah they'd sort of... really get the dirt out <laughs> yeah, of them. That's it? right. Um, now, let's check what you're up with this week's news. Who outpolled the polls when it came to the poll? Well, this would be the election, of course. Uh, polls. What's going on with polls? I mean, it's all over, isn't it? Is it all over for polls? Does anyone care about polls anymore? They've taken a poll among themselves and agreed that they should <laughs> they shouldn't have keep polls their anymore. jobs. It's, it's, it's all over for polls. The same again. Yeah. Poll dancing, it's all over. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's no credibility anymore. They've changed poll, poll vaults, now called a stick jump. It's just everything, everything involving polls is gone. gone. Forget about it. It's out. It's a joke. That, that was, what a disaster. Can we just spare a thought, though, for Anthony Green? Yeah. I mean, what's the point of that guy? I mean, really. I mean, poor Anthony. What's, where's, have you seen him? Is he just curled up in a ball somewhere? Well, it was, it was all over by 7.30. He must be just crushed. I mean... <laughs> no, but he, he did right. He did well. He was perfect. Well, I don't know. It's just, it must be tough. Just following the polls and there's no polls to follow. It's ridiculous. <laughs> with the pole vaulting, Subby, with the pole vaulting, when you watch that in the Olympics and you see somebody fail in that event, yeah. I always think to myself, use a bigger stick. <laughs> <laughs> If you use a massive stick, you can pole vault the whole stadium. <laughs> Taking, uh, anyway. Yeah. You know, it's a little-known fact about pole vaulting is that uh, it has a very high turnover. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Jennifer Wong, ladies and gentlemen, it's yeah. classic. It's classic Wong, very early. Sorry about that. What do you think of Tony Abbott being installed as ambassador in the Vatican? That's, That's pretty uh, good. Sir. It kind of makes sense. Yeah. Really? <laughs> the, the current... The, what more somebody's got to have him. Yeah. The current Pope would last about three weeks and be overturned in a coup, wouldn't he? <laughs>
This guy's punishment. Counting the numbers for some, for some dude from Poland. <laughs> oh, no, well, the polls don't work. <laughs> That's right. That's true. Um, now, who was, um, who was palmed off by the voting public and maybe palmed off in the future by some new rules? Richard, are you talking here about perhaps Mr Clive Palmer, yes. who uh, spent a lot of money, I think it was about $60 million, and wasn't able to get a single seat. So it just goes to show now that Clive Palmer and pregnant women on the bus have a lot in common. <laughs> it's very hard to get a seat, guys. I love this. Someone did a calculation. He's at 60 million and he got about 3% of the vote. If yeah. you work that out, it's exactly $107 per vote he got. Yeah. He paid $107 for every vote Feels he got. about right, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I actually did some sums, just mucking around with the numbers. Yeah, yeah. And you need, obviously, 76 seats to form a majority government. What he really needed to spend, roughly, roughly, was $2,400 per vote, or rough again, about $1.44 billion. Uh, so his accountant should be sacked, really. Somebody should be sacked for this. Um, by the way, could he even not spent $50 million instead of $60 million and paid the Queensland refining workers? <laughs> <laughs> the result would have been the same. No seats. He might have got a few votes if he'd done that as well. <laughs> <laughs> I was going, how do we vote for this guy? What's he done? I don't know. The change might change in the rules, though. I'm not convinced that's a good idea, change because... Well, some people are saying private individuals should not be allowed to But, I mean, this. it was the most entertaining thing in the, those ridiculous billboards because the election was doing my head in and then I turned around and see a massive yellow billboard. The one near my place said, I'm going to build a train to the moon. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> he just promised. He actually, actually, it's actually what it said. Really? I'm trying out fake news. I'm, saying, I'm trying to see how it goes. <laughs> Seems to work for everybody else. I thought I'd give it a crack. Do you think it really works, though? Like, people go, oh, I'm going to vote Labor or Liberal or the Greens and then you see a massive yellow billboard and you know, no, no, no that, that changed my mind. No, yeah, right. no one's yeah, taken yeah. that colour yet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that buffoon. That'll work. <laughs> oh, no, it's weird. Make Australia great. Let me, let me ask you a final question for this week's news. Who had a gotcha moment when it came to GOT? Gotcha. This is a story of Game of Thrones, which despite becoming the most watched TV finale in TV history, has been marred by spotted, well... Mistakes. Let's say mistakes. Two water bottles sitting there, and plus a, a, a coffee cup. So this is a mod, the modern water bottles. The modern water bottle. Yeah. Starbucks cup in the middle of what's meant to be this yeah. medieval battle. Look, I've I've never watched Game of Thrones, and I know Richard. I think you you neither have. Uh, and, um, I haven't watched it either. I'm a little bit squeamish about the violence, but mm. I, I do still want to thank the creators though for creating the most amazing drama that I have watched in the last eight years, which is people complaining about Game of Thrones spoilers on the internet, which is <laughs> the kind of drama that I'm into, because there's no dragons as such, but boy, does it drag on. Like... <laughs> so you're squeamish about the violence. I'm squeamish about paying the Foxtel bill. <laughs> <laughs> but what are people like? Are they going, oh, my God, I'm, gonna boy, I'm really into this, and then all of a sudden they see a coffee cup and they go, oh, what? This is not real? Oh, what is this? I'm in my living room, my pyjamas. What is this? That's oh. what I don't get. They're complaining about anachronisms because it said that wouldn't be possible in this time. It's a made-up time. Yeah. They can do what... If someone can give birth to a smoke baby, then they can yeah. invent Starbucks. You know what I mean? There's no reason why these things can't... But you're saying those, the, the dragons are what they made up. <laughs> I don't want to you know, shock anybody, but this, that's the whole thing. Everything, everything about the show is completely ridiculous, but people get really upset. And also, people are getting so worked up about this, they're happy enough to sit there and watch someone rape their sister, oh. but bottle of Mount Franklin, that's going too far. What's <laughs> <laughs> wrong with people? Yeah, get out of there. No sense. There's got to be a line, Subby. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. So I haven't, I haven't watched Game of Thrones, but I have you know, been involved in a few TV shows, and um, the... 
People love to whinge and complain mm. like about anything. So uh, in the early de- years of Fat Pizza, people would whinge when we one episode we blew up the taxation department. Mm. <laughs> Next week, whinges everywhere, right? Yeah. One episode we shot the Prime Minister. <laughs> whinges everywhere, right? <laughs> uh, here Come the Hubbibs, again, was, uh, was one of the shows I was behind. And uh, when we created the show, right, people just whinged it was, it was racist based on what? You haven't seen it on a 30-second commercial, right? And this is sort of questions I had to answer in the media. They said it's racist. I said, why? Because they're using um, Arabic font in the titles. <laughs> I said, why is that racist? Well, clearly it's taken the job of all the other fonts. <laughs> Wait till they hear about Arabic numbers. Because <laughs> <laughs> they've taken over everything. <laughs> And these people are very good. Like on set, there's people design. Like their jobs, are, you had one job, right, to, to look at the monitor and see if they're anybody, and they're very good in Australia. Though I'm not sure about overseas, but oh, look, your, your sleeve was up in that last shot, or you had a watch on, whatever. So I'm thinking, I'm very suspicious of this. Very suspicious. I, I really am. Game of Thrones, uh, you reckon? Game of Thrones, very snuck suspicious. It in there. Well, my question is, if that coffee cup and a bottle of water was not there, or, or the water bottle. Would we be talking about Game of Thrones on TGIF? Ah, uh, so you reckon they've, uh, yeah, they're having us? Yeah. I think so. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, but I'm, I'm interested in that Arabic lettering thing. Do you think those people who are complaining are part of the national font? <laughs> <laughs> Racist. How bold of you to go there, Richard? <laughs> <laughs> You'll go to Helvetica for that. <laughs> Thank God it's Friday. Thank God it's Friday with Richard Glover. And we have Jimmy Barnes and the band. Please welcome them. Clayton Dolly, Warren Trout, Benjamin Rogers and Danny Spencer here with Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy's got his new album out next week, My Criminal Record. He's touring in October. Before you tour here, though, you're going to Wembley. You're playing Wembley Stadium. You're you're playing Glasgow. This is what really interests me. What's it going to be like after, after writing these two beautiful books about... The Glasgow of your childhood and the parents and all of that to go I'm and going to play be wearing there. Sort of an armoured vest. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you know I've been back since I wrote the books and I actually did the final shows uh, in in Glasgow and it was uh, it was they were really they were like I I can see that yeah. you know that's, that's the way it was for me as well. Yeah. What are you complaining about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you uh, had no, it easy. Yeah, it's good. But you know it's you know I'm happy to be being. I tour all the time. Glasgow is my hometown. Every time I go back there, they're the wildest and the, the you know most full-on audience I've ever seen in my life. They're just they're, they're fantastic. You had, so, a, you had a big book tour in, in various forms, sometimes with music, sometimes just yeah. with a book, you know, signing books, people coming up to you. A lot of people have read, have read the first book in particular yeah. um, when they came to buy the second book. What did they... Did they talk about their own families and how similar their stories were to yours? Yeah, well, the, it, was, it was funny because, you know, when I was writing it, I, I was, I, it was for my own benefit. I was trying to sort of, you know, purge and get it all out. And, and it was surprising, not funny, surprising how many people that I actually connected with. You know, people would stop me in the street and say, you know, my life was like this. And if it wasn't like it, they had some degree of, of similarity. It just all it went to show me was that we're all very similar. You know, but, you know life's, life's challenging for anybody. It doesn't matter whether you're rich, poor, black, white whatever uh we all have our challenges and there's a lot of them that we have in common it's just you know everybody gets scared everybody everybody gets ashamed everybody you know hopes to be better everybody wants to love everybody you know 
gets angry and you know and you know not everybody gets abused but you know but that's but that's the, you know the people yeah. do relate to it and people relate to parts of it so it was it was it was great yeah, and you know when you when you have those conversations with readers uh, especially if you've written a book about parents you realize that you you never look at the red roofs of suburbia again and no. not realize what fr- frothing insanity lies beneath them well but just as a connection between the two the new record my criminal record but I, the reason i called it besides it was i thought it was a funny title um <laughs> My, you know, if, if it was a really, if it was based on my police record, it would be a single. You know? <laughs> so, so, but uh, it's the fact that you know the way we were brought up was criminal, and the way that the governments allow you know poverty. To, you know, at this point in time, you know, I look back, that was sixty years ago. We were we were starving, we were struggling. There was domestic violence and all this sort of stuff. Sixty years later, it's still going on, and nobody's doing anything about it. And I just think you know whoever. You know, they put in charge of that in the, in the new government should actually do something about it. You know, do some help for the families because kids are, kids are still going to school hungry. They should be getting lunch at schools. We're, you know, we've got enough money. This is a lucky country and we should be helping out families. Jimmy Barnes for PM. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't the Labor Party need a new leader? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Jimmy, you get $60 million to get some billboards. I should be. Yellow? Yeah, yeah. I'm making a train to the moon. <laughs> you, you, you waited a while in your life to write those two incredible yeah. books. Could you have written them... Ten years before, five years before? I, I don't think so, you know, because I started writing the first one. I started writing probably around 2000. And it was just, you know, at that point, I wasn't really ready to face up to, to how I'd been brought up and how even, you know, even what I went through. And, and, I, and I started making, I used to, because anything that's sort of confronting to me, I make a joke about, which would be hard to actually get on your show. But, um, but it's, <laughs> um, I saw, so I made light of it and it took me a long time. It took me until it nearly killed me, uh, to tell you the truth, until I had to sit down and say, okay, what am I looking at here? What am I facing? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I tell you, uh, you know, after writing it, it, it didn't only it didn't help me, and it helped a lot of other people. It didn't only help me; it helped my family, helped the people I know. I relate better to to strangers. I relate better to to everybody. And I just feel that this whole, uh, you know, of course, it's all about you know the demons that you have in your life, and those demons are still there, and they're still snapping at my heels. The only difference is now I'm not running from them. I, you know, I know what they are, and I'm turning and facing them. And it's not always pretty, but at least you know what you're doing. You yeah, know? I think it's so. You know, we've been through that Royal Commission into Child Sex Abuse, and people say. How come you're only, you know, complaining about this now you're 50 years old or now you're 55 or now you're 60? But the reality is with all these things, it takes you so... When something bad has happened to you, it takes a hell of a long time to process it, doesn't it? And particularly when you're talking about sexual abuse, it's not something that you want to... Hey, guess what happened to me, you know? Uh, Really, it's a a tough thing to talk about. And to tell you the truth, there was stuff in in those books and, you know, that that I... My memory, your your mind does things. I blocked those things. I didn't even remember them myself. I remember sitting at my computer writing and I'd be trying to tell a funny anecdote and I'd suddenly go, oh... Jesus, I remember something else. And so things were, were uh, presenting themselves to me as I was writing. So, you know, I totally understand how people don't want to talk about it, don't want to tell their friends. It, there's a lot of shame, you know, guilt because you think it's your fault, all that sort of stuff. And it's just, it, you know, the, it's, it's, it's difficult to talk about. Okay, but that brings us to the new song because there's an amazing lyric yeah. in the new song where you talk about the cellar that you call your youth. You say you've got things locked in the cellar you call your youth. Yeah, well, that's, that's you know, that, that was my background. It was locked away and, and I'd thrown the key away or I'd swallowed a key. You know, it was uh, these, um, you know, the, the, the mind criminal record, it was, it was, it was self-explanatory, really. It was about, you know, you know I grew up, my, my parents, my mum had a broken heart, you know. Uh, and we tried not to, when I left, when I left home at 15, I, I ran away from home before that, but when I actually finally left at 16, when I joined Cold Chisel, 
I never wanted to look back. I locked that cellar and I threw the key away and I didn't want to look back at it. Mm. So, uh, you know, you just try to keep running. But, the, you know, the fact is, like I said, you know, you have to deal with this stuff. If you don't deal with it, it affects you and it affects your family and it affects the people you come in contact with, the people you love. So uh, the, sooner, the sooner I could deal with my shit, basically, the better, the better it was for everybody, you know? You found the key to that cellar. And, yeah. and with this song, you're back writing with Don Walker. Yeah, well, there's about five or six songs on the record that I wrote with Don. It's... Um, it was um, it was a really great process. I, I wrote all these lyrics. Sometimes some of them were written during the writing the books. You know, after, like I'd write all day and I'd be sort of overwhelmed by what I was writing. Then I'd get in a plane to go and fly to do a gig, and I'd be sitting in a plane going, "I'm in a bad mood," you know. And I write I wrote a song called "I'm in a Bad Mood," which was you know, <laughs> I should have written years ago because I've been in a bad mood for years, you know. But you know, but I, I, I would sort of I would sort of I'd sort of you know go through the the emotions of writing it and feeling it, and then I would write reactionary to it. So uh, there's the songs that were written during the process of writing the books and others that were written after. So it's sort of like about the same subject matter, but sort of from a different perspective, you know? So, you know, I've got a bit of clarity now, so I can look at this and not be overwhelmed by it. And so, uh, you know, I wrote songs about, about how I reacted and how I felt by dealing with that stuff. So that's, you know, that's what it's... And, and I wrote about where we were. The song we're going to play today is about where we were, you know, in Elizabeth, you know, it was... A, a town that they built around the Holden's factory, you know, and they said, here, you can have a workforce and shoved every immigrant from Northern Britain and, you know, in Elizabeth around it. And they had a, they had a cheap workforce. So uh, it was, uh, it, it's, it's interesting, you know, looking back and writing on that. And, you know, the thing is, I, these songs, I, when I wrote them, I thought maybe they're too close to, maybe they're just about me. And the last tour I went out and, uh, and I played a bunch, I played about five or six of these songs on the tour. And, People were relating to the songs instantly. I could tell. People like them in a bad mood, by the way. <laughs> but but this like a shutting down our town that I'm, that I'm that I'm going to do today uh, was was you know I, I remember doing it and by the time we did the second chorus, although they'd never heard the song before, people were singing along to it. People you know had that feeling. People knew what it was like to be to be scratching for work or you know or have the rug pulled out from under you when you're trying to support your family. So. You know, I'm looking forward to getting out and playing gigs, you know. I think we're, we're coming to Sydney and you know, doing the Horden Pavilion, yep. which I haven't done for years, so I'm really looking forward to getting in to do the Horden and playing a rock and roll set. After sort of being... The book tour was all, as you know, was all very quiet. An audience was like this, and I was talking and trying to be calm. I just want to get out and scream at people. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Barnes. New album, first original Jimmy Barnes uh, record uh, for a decade. It's called My Criminal Record. It's out next week, but we're going to hear him live on Thank God It's Friday. Benjamin Rogers, Danny Spencer! The album is out next week, my criminal record, and uh, as Jimmy mentions, he's off to Wembley and Glasgow and other places overseas, but back with us in October playing places like the Horden. Check out Jimmy's website for more details of when he might be near you. And he's back and writing. How fantastic. And I should actually mention Clayton, who is one of the best keyboard players yeah. in the country. He's playing at the uh, Peter Bolo, not this Saturday, but next Saturday. So go along and see 
Caton's hot band as well. If you can't go to Wembley, go to the Petersham Bowling Club. <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll find it's more convenient. Uh, we have Tahir, Jennifer Wong and Sabi Valentine. Now, uh, Jamie Oliver's restaurant chain has collapsed, uh, first in Australia and, and now this week in Britain, with lots of people out of work. It's time, surely, for other celebrities to step up to the plate. Which well-known people should now open businesses and what services should they offer? Sabi Valentine. Uh, Bill Shorten uh, will be uh, opening an exterminator business. Because yeah, if you can kill the Labor's, Labor's chances in that election, you can kill anything. <laughs> Too soon? <laughs> that joke would have killed on 2GB, I'm telling you. <laughs> Absolutely killed. Uh, Israel Folau. Uh-huh. He's going to be opening a combined bakery and fish shop. <laughs> That's a loaves and fishes joke. Everyone's loaves and fishes joke. <laughs> They'll have a sideline of uh, pillars of salt as well. That'll be quite good. Uh, Kylie Minogue. This is a good one. Okay. Kylie Minogue uh, can open a, a pet shop, right? But here's the twist. They only sell singing budgies. <laughs> you can't tell me that wouldn't do well. Who wouldn't want a, a budgie singing locomotion? I mean, come on. That's and who a good wouldn't one. want to buy a singing budgie from the singing budgie? Exactly right. <laughs> That's perfect. Um, Liam Hemsworth. You know, that guy. Huh. He will have a service where he comes to your house and just does whatever the hell he wants. Uh, everyone loves that guy. He brings the hammer, he charges double. So that's, uh, he could do a few odd jobs around the house with a Thor hammer. He could, imagine that. He could do some great work. Yeah. Um, and finally, Rupert Murdoch. He'll have a thing where he comes to your house and just shouts and lies at you and shouts and lies and lies and just shouts and lies at you. Um, it seems like a crazy idea, but it could just work. Mm. <laughs> or you can get the paper delivered. Yeah, that's which, the same thing. Whichever you want. <laughs> uh, Tahir, who, who's, who should now open businesses? Uh, I think uh, Rolf Harris. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Wait for it. <laughs> do I need to do the punchline? Yeah. <laughs> We're all like <laughs> He'll be, of course, offering services on how to live two lives at the same time. Um, too soon. <laughs> Clive Palmer, how to effectively uh, handle your debt. Um, Paul Hogan, how to effectively deal with the taxation department. That'd be a good one. Don Burke, PR and public image. <laughs> Russell Crowe, phone etiquette. Johnny Depp, uh, services surrounding travel and live animals. That'd be a good one. Uh, these are all very controversial, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Russell Crowe thing. It is a long time ago, the phone thing, but I always think with Russell, every phone is a mobile phone. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer Wong, who, who should offer services? Um, well, I was thinking it'd be really good if we had a theatre with very, very, very strong air conditioning opened by Coldplay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, we could have um, two brothers come and put a value on your pants length. That's um, by Liam and Chris Hemsworth. (laughs) And next to them, maybe you could have someone who could make you a suit in 24 hours. Uh, That would be opened by Taylor Swift. (laughs) Um, If you want to pay someone to irritate a blackbird, may I suggest you call Russell Crowe? And um, if you've got a farm with lots of sheep, perhaps that could be opened by Ed Sheeran. And then finally, if you just want to get your vegetables slightly cooked, um, maybe contact Kate Blanchett. (laughs) (laughs) Don't encourage her. Don't encourage her. Are you ready for the Wheel of Death, ladies and gentlemen? This uh, week when our audience came in here, they threw these random topics onto the Wheel of Death for Tahir to consider uh, uh, budgie. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, budgie. Budgie. They're getting a bit of a run today. Uh, Pitch, Hawkey, How Good Is, uh, uh, Jimmy, 
balls, please explain, crowbar, smoke, shock, results, um, what? Promises. Promises. Promises, vivid, uh, sofa and... uh, Mangrook. Mangrook? What's Mangrook? I've got no idea. Who (laughs) who suggested Mangrook? Hey. Oh, it's the Indigenous AFL round. So, oh, right. is that the name of the round? Is it? Well, well, well that's yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's going to be easy, isn't it? <laughs> Feeling confident yeah. about that? Well, yeah. You realise it's my first time on this wheel of death. <laughs> yeah. And he wants just... to see you die. I think. Yeah, yeah. No one ever dies. Round and round and round it goes. Where it stops, no one knows. Today's topic <laughs> is for Tahir to has... consider is Budgie. Budgie. Has, has anybody died on this wheel of death? Anybody over the years? No. No, okay. So, okay, let's... But, uh, but this could be the first. This could be the <laughs> Budgie, uh, yes, uh, the budgie is uh, one of my favourite animals. In fact, I'm a bit of an animal lover. Um, people don't know really this about me, but um, the budgie, of course, was the inspiration for the budgie smuggler. Uh, so somebody obviously got a budgie and then compared it to... <laughs> do, I to do I have to say the punchline? <laughs> Compared it to a man's package and said, yep, this will do. Um, and luckily they weren't, you know, it wasn't a pigeon or uh, a hawk or some other bigger bird. Um, it could have been a bigger bird. It would have been a different... Speak yourself, Tony. <laughs> it, it would have been a different business, Somebody's, of course. Somebody's got it. He wears emu smugglers. <laughs> <laughs> well, all men have different packages, so just choose your bird and go with it. Um, the budget, of course, is a good starting point. Uh, and look, animals in, in particular, like, I mean, I, I'm a big animal fan. I, I mean, I, I actually watch the Animal Channel, like, religiously. I, I love it. I love when, um, you know, uh, I, I love a show that was like, what to do when animals attack. I don't know if you've seen, like, the people give you stupid advice, right? And, like, for example, you know, when we went to the jungle, like, I, you know, when I went to the jungle, they gave us advice, like, if you see a snake, what you have to do is just uh, slowly, just stand still, stand still, and then move backwards slowly, staring at the snake which is exactly the opposite of what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm going to run and make a lot of noise, right? Um, my favourite animal, you wouldn't guess, it's not a budgie. It's not a budgie. Uh, my favourite animal um, is a, um, a meerkat. Love a meerkat. Uh, people love meerkats. Love meerkats. Uh, of course, the, the person could have uh, done a meerkat smuggler. <laughs> Again, quite a different business. Uh, but I love the meerkats because... <laughs> Pokes over the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, oh. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's I realistic. they flashes, I think. <laughs> it's very realistic. It's very realistic. <laughs> Much more than a budgie. Um, so the meerkat is fantastic because it, 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 they have their own gangs. They have their own gangs, which I love. And what I love about meerkats is they run around everywhere willy-nilly. They just run around And one of them, for no reason at all, just stops and just checks stuff out. I love that. Like, for no reason at all, just stops and just st- looks around. Because, um, of course, in Australia, council workers base themselves on meerkats. <laughs> um, they'll work and they'll just stop and look around. Um, so, yeah, the budgie, uh, again, like, uh, you know, the budgie, of course, was first invented. Uh, in... <laughs> what, you think I don't know this budgie topic? <laughs> <laughs> the first sighting of the budgie happened in 1754, I think. Uh, something. What, what month was it, sir? Uh, it, was, it was in the summer months, of course. The budgie comes down in the summer months, uh, November, December. What does it do the rest of the year? Uh, it uh, hibernates, actually. Uh, <laughs> Where does it hibernate? Well, you know, Richard, the budgie can fly. 
So the budgie is able to hibernate in different places. It, it basically goes up to Queensland. Where, where the budgie knows it's, it's warmer weather up there, and then slowly around the June, July, it'll start up there and then make its way back down to the warmer months down, down south. But the, <laughs> but the budgie had no idea it was going to be, uh, you know, a famous swim, swimmer. It had no idea. Like, you know, thought, you know the budgie thought I'd be famous, uh, you know, for different various reasons, various reasons, like, you know, uh, but... Who knew swimwear and right around the world, like, you know, at Bondi, of all places as well? Um, so, of course, uh, the budget smuggler is a very poor seller in Bankstown, um, where there's no beach. Um, well, there was a beach, but it got stolen. Um, <laughs> there was a beach. It's in someone's backyard with a tarpaulin over it. Um, <laughs> I don't even know where this thing's going, honestly. Uh, these are things that's coming out of the top of my head on a budgie, and uh, this is my first time in Willow Death, so that's it. Does he live? Yes! Yeah! Yeah! There he lives! Oh, there he is! Oh, I'll be back. <laughs> Who suggested the budgie? Come on, oh, yes! there you go. Stand there up you. and pull your pants down. <laughs> we're, we're all his, you obviously know a lot about budgies. We're all his facts, right, about the annual migration to Queensland and the. Uh, yeah, right. the the discovery in 1754 in the summer months. <laughs> yeah. See, that's the thing. Are, are, you a, are you a budgie fan? Are you a big, do, you have, do you have them? Well, in numbers, yeah, there's lots of budgies that fly together. I thought you might have talked about all the budgies in flocks. Yeah, well, the, the budgies in flocks. <laughs> Sir, you know, I, I know nothing about budgies. <laughs> are you aware of that, are you? You want me to talk about budgies in flocks when I know nothing about budgies at all? <laughs> I didn't even know they had flocks in budgies. I, I just thought there was one. That was it. <laughs> just one budgie. I heard that the budget. This is not funny, but I heard that budgerigar was an indigenous word that meant good eating. Is that true? Does anyone know that? Has anyone heard that before? Or did I didn't make uh, that up? Uh, yeah. Clive so, Palmer told yeah. me, but I just want to share if it was, it was true. How big are the flocks uh, in the, the budget? How big are they? Thousands. Thousands, Thousands. roughly. Yeah. It's so educational, the ABC, isn't it? <laughs> 60 people who know nothing <laughs> disseminating information. I'm Thank God It's Friday! Thank God It's Thank God It's uh, We have Ty here, Jennifer Wong yeah. and Subby Valentine with us. Now, after the election, there was talks of the quinoa curtain, the quinoa curtain, the dividing line between the climate-aware voters of inner-city Melbourne and the coal-positive voters elsewhere. A, a sort of political Hadrian's Wall or, or Iron Curtain, but this time the quinoa curtain. <laughs> what other dividing lines between people alongside... What, uh, what other dividing lines should we have dividing people uh, like the quinoa curtain, and what are they called? Jennifer Wong. Well, I like to think that there's more that unites us than divides us. So um, I, I had a little bit of a look online about about this curtain business, and Bernard Salt has a thing called the the goat's cheese curtain as well. So we've got the quinoa curtain, the goat's cheese curtain, and I think the other one should be there's on the one hand people who are anemic and have to take ferrograd C, and on the other hand there are people who aren't anemic and don't have to take ferrograd C, and that's the iron curtain. <laughs> um, so I like to think that that's a line that we could, you know, that we could go we could go with. I don't know how electorally that would work out, um, but I'd be bloody pleased to find out. <laughs> well, what are the other curtains we've got, Subby? This quinoa thing, I mean... Yeah. I don't quite get that, really. I mean, goat's cheese makes a bit more sense. Quinoa? Hands up who eats quinoa. Well, we're oh, not... I, I do. Yeah, not me. <laughs> not me. Do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you're in Melbourne, if you're in a city, Melbourne, Maybe. well, for the start, the whole Maybe. audience would be wearing little sort of, uh, you know, black sweaters. Yeah. Uh, and they'd all be skitties. having quinoa. Maybe. Maybe. I thought I was, you know... 
but anyway, it's not for me. The other I, ones I, I that I'm going I, for... I don't know what it is. I just eat it. Oh, you're right. You yeah. do eat it. It's like grain, isn't it? Is it, is it, it a grain? grain? I'm not sure. Oh, that's a budgie guy. What do you know about quinoa, sir? Just because you like budgies doesn't mean you eat their tucker. This is live. People don't think it's live, but it's live. I think yeah. the big line would be the uh, the maths line. These are this is the line between the people who watch Married at First Sight and those that don't. Yeah, yes. That's a crucial line. That can go down the middle of a house. That yeah. one. Uh, but the maths line is very because I'm yeah. clearly on one side. I've never watched. It. I'm very proud of the fact that I've never watched maths. Uh, it, it, I, I can't believe it's got an acronym, mm. but it's maths. Um, but it's a weird thing because there are people. They're like physics professors who watch that show. It's, they mm. need to get behind the line, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> that's rubbish. So that's, that's the line, the maths line. Um, there's the astrology archipelago. Oh. It's not a line because it works better with alliteration if mm. I call it an archipelago. But, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that's basically there's little islands. All the different star signs are islands of people who believe in them and, and because you get believers and non-believers. And there's some people who believe in astrology, obviously, and some who don't. And when I say some people, I mean some women. <laughs> because it's just women. Why, why are, you say, are you saying there is no man who, who believes in astrology? Correct. Hands up, men here who believe in astrology. Exactly. One oh, guy. no. Oh, two, two. two. Get out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hang on. Oh, no, that's because they're, they're both Pisces. Pisces. Yeah, so yeah, that's that, right. that explains it. Yeah, well, obviously they would. Yeah, yeah. the Pisceans yeah. believe yeah. in it, but no one else. Yeah. No, no. no, I can't. It would be have been that. better if I'd got the star sign right on my first <laughs> Um, and the other line is the, the, the VB vestibules. These are little pockets around the country where somehow little tiny areas that people have managed to withstand the march of craft beer. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. they only drink Carlton Draft and VB. Somehow, I don't know how they've done it because yeah. craft beer has taken over the world. Yeah. These people are saving Even around... Even though it's disgusting and overpriced and these you people have two char- of them. Yeah, they're charging... They're probably saving around $13,000 a year just by drinking VB. Um, I didn't know but- Kraft was making beer. I thought I didn't <laughs> No. No, really. Sorry, that was for Jennifer's life. Thank you. Is that for you, Jennifer? Thank you. Too cheesy. <laughs> yes! <laughs> so here, what are the other curtains around the place? So how west is west is a question... Often yes, asked by well, mainly real estate agents. <laughs> <laughs> but in my opinion, the West starts when you're driving on the Hume Highway and you get to Centenary Drive. That is the West to me. It starts at Chalora. That's, that's where the West starts. And that intersection there at Hume Highway and Chalora and Centenary Drive should be called the Wall of Hummus. Um, <laughs> does that wall spread? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah, yeah I like now, as soon as you enter Punch Bowl, you'll drive through what is should be called the Haze of Garlic. Um, <laughs> if you dr- keep driving to the west, eventually you'll need to pass through the Centrelink Wall. Um, <laughs> what, too soon? <laughs> it's quite easy to get... It's it, very easy to get through the Centrelink Wall. No-one's working there, no-one's manning it. Um, <laughs> uh, eventually you'll come to a place way, way in the west called Penrith. Penrith is a great city. It's clearly divided from the rest of Sydney by a thing called the Ugg boot effect, um, <laughs> where people wear these Ugg boots night, winter or summer, right? It's a, it doesn't really matter. Of course, the northern beaches is divided by the rest by a bridge that should be called Why is the price going, going up on this bridge when it's already been paid off? Bit of a long title. Um, <laughs> but it's the, uh, the point's taken. <laughs> The bridges, the curtains, the walls of Sydney, which are here, Jennifer Wong and Subby Valentine. On... Thank God it's Friday with Richard Glover.
Now, outrage in the UK this week after a woman complained about the dye leaking from her 60-pound swimming costume, cost 60 quid, only to be told by the manufacturer <laughs> that, as is clearly stated on the company's website, the swimsuit is designed to be used posing by the pool and must not be used when actually swimming. <laughs> True story. Is it okay for a swimsuit to be not designed for swimming? And when have you dealt with a product that is not fit for purpose? To hear. I want to go back 60 pounds swimwear. Like, I love that. Like, how heavy is a swimwear? Right? <laughs> 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 it's heavy. That's a big swim. <laughs> um, I just love this concept. I love it. This swimwear is not designed for swimming. Um, this company should uh, expand into other products, I feel, because mm. uh, I think it's just quite brilliant. Uh, for example, these sunglasses. They're not designed for, like, for social media shots only. What is this UV index you th- talk of, right? Um, you thought you were going to get a six-pack when you bought this ab cruncher? You idiot. You buy it, you make yourself feel good and slide it under the bed like the rest of us. <laughs> this condom should not be used. <laughs> it should just sit there on the bedside too, as a sign of your intention. <laughs> I just love this company. I think they've started something big here. They're, they're going to be able yeah, to run a lot of product lines. Subby <laughs> Valentine? And I, well, I think it's fine because, you know, you've got to read the fine print. I mean, I think this is, this is an uh, analogy for modern politics really, isn't it? It's like, you know, you're just saying, oh, all oh, right. So, sorry, you think our environment policy should protect the environment? <laughs> what? Did you read our fine print? You voted for us, sucked in. You know, it's a bit, it's a bit of that. So it's like, you bought the thing, bad luck. Uh, other things that I found, other products that don't quite fit the... You know, the sort of um, what do you call it? Fit for purpose. Anything that's called uh, any sort of rain jacket that's not called a raincoat, if it says something like showerproof, that means porous. <laughs> <laughs> you know those things that say, "Oh no, it's just showerproof. It's fine." How <laughs> light does the shower have to be? Like, and they have watches that say water resistant. Well, water resistant. Well, remember yeah. the old days? Oh, this watch is you know water resistant to three meters. Really, who's swimming down to three meters? You can't even take it in the shower. And also. From personal experience, it doesn't help if you tread on it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that's the, those things. That water thing does me. Um, anything that says will not rust, that's a lie. It's a lie. Yeah. It's a lie. I can rust anything. Yeah. If you leave it outside long enough, it'll rust. I've tried stainless steel, forget about it. It'll rust. You give it a good red hot crack and it will rust. So don't be listening to that Have rubbish. Have you ever bought a car subbing when they said uh, rust proof? You know that, like, yeah. oh, you pay a thousand bucks. I fell for this. Yeah, they spray right? fish oil on it or something, don't they? <laughs> oh, I'm not sure if anything was sprayed. I just paid a thousand bucks and the car was exactly the same. Right. <laughs> what, is, what does it mean, rust proof? What, what do they do? I wanted to talk to Richard's mechanic. They, they spray fish oil on it or something, don't <laughs> they? They do. They do. They paste the same <laughs> thing on it. Yeah. That's all they There's do. people ringing up and going, Can I do your work in your car? This sounds great. <laughs> just spray some fish oil. It'll be fine. thousand dollars. I'm sure I trust the guy. I don't think cars have rusted for years now, but they still charge it. Like they say, a thousand bucks for the rust. Because they're all covered in fish oil, that's why. <laughs> um, and my last one... I'm floundering. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it to the expert, please, Richard. Come on. Uh, and the last one is uh, one size fits all. Oh, oh yes. It means yes. fits nobody properly, doesn't it? That's what it means. A one size fits all hat is either you're going to squash it on or it just floats on your head. It's, it, it, you know, anything that's one size fits all is basically a sack. And they say, oh, yeah, it's one size fits all. It doesn't fit. It just, it, there's nobody. It fits, it's miraculous that it can't fit anyone. It's supposed <laughs> to fit everyone. It does, literally doesn't fit anyone. Well, what do you think about this product, Jennifer Wong? Uh, well, I think that if you're going to sell this product, then you should label it for what it is, which is a dry clean only sleeveless bodysuit. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. mm. <laughs> that's very leaky um, in the colour department. Um, I'm, 
uh, for me, with definitions and things like that, I guess I buy things that have a definition, but they're not the intended definition. Like the other day I bought an avocado thinking it was an edible fruit, but really what it was was an expensive time bomb that went off before I could eat it. Oh. <laughs> you know, like I go to the supermarket and I'll buy like a family pack of chocolate and what they mean is like a family, but I'm feeding it to my family of very intense feelings. Uh, so that, that's pretty. That's pretty much me. That's me and my shopping. The, the avocados are weird, though, aren't they? Because you, you you put them in the bowl and you hard, 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 yeah. hard, 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 hard. Oh, just be distracted. I just watch Married at First Sight. Come back. Yeah. It's. There's liquid. a window of 15 seconds where it's good. <laughs> so me, that's a good way to measure your. Let me change your bar. life, everybody. As soon as you think it's about right, put it in the fridge. Is that right? Oh, yeah. It like quadruples the time it lasts. I missed then the you throw it away a week Sabi. later. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, it's true. It works. It's changed my life when I found out this. I know yeah. this is not funny. I'm just saying it will change your life. When the avocado's about right, put it in the fridge. I'm telling you. So, done. Is this a Clive Palmer thing yeah, again? <laughs> he did tell me, but it works. Uh, speaking of company, companies who don't deliver or what they intend, uh, I want to bring up another one, IKEA. Um, I, I mean, look... I hadn't really gone, like, my wife took me along uh, and I, I had no idea what the experience was going to be like and we wanted a table and chair. So, yeah, we wanted this. So we found a good table and chair. So, yeah, I like this table and chair. Can we have it? No, no, no. You can't have that table and chair. First of all, you have to walk for 27 kilometres <laughs> and then come to a massive warehouse and play some sort of game of hide and seek <laughs> and you've got to find this table and chair, right? So clearly they're not delivering. And then when you find it, you've got to lug it into the car. It's 80 kilos. You've got to find, like... And then the family have to walk home. There's no more room. You've got to walk home because I've got this 80 kilograms <laughs> of this table and chair. And then uh, you get home and you have to build it yourself. Yeah. This is some sort of big scam. I'd pay double so I don't have to do all those steps. Like, I mean, I, I think um, it's, uh, Ikea's just playing one big joke on the world and we're falling for it. I, mm. I really think you do get to steal the little pencil, though. That's true. And you get meatballs. <laughs> meatballs. And a tape measure. Paper tape measure. <laughs> I, you know what? Like, I, I, to get back at IKEA, I think we should do. Um, do you know you can download their product off off the internet? Huh? So just download what, what product you want, and uh, just keep this amongst ourselves. <laughs> all right, this is a little bit illegal, but doesn't matter. Just download the product you want. All the pro- all the items that make up the product will be listed as well. So pick one item at a time, ring them up, and say you didn't get that piece. <laughs> Over a couple of weeks, you'll have the item for free. You're welcome. <laughs> when, you, when, you've got, when you've got the item built, just take it out of the backyard and put a tarpaulin over it. <laughs> <laughs> Who are the winners and losers? Subby. The winner uh, in this week on one level um, is Australian politics because mm-hmm. it's become the Aussiest it's ever been because yep, yep. it looks like Albo's going to get the gig. So we're going to have ScoMo versus Albo. How good is that? How Aussie is that? You don't get that in Canada. I reckon all the politicians just got to put an O on the end of the name. It's from now on, it's just Dutto and Frido and Plibo. Plibo. Plibo's already a Plibo, isn't he? I think she's already. I think that's already a thing. Plibo. Wongo. Does Wongo work? Give it a go. Just put an O on at the end of all of all of them, and it's just would Aussie it right up. I want Jennifer Wong's view of it. With the what Wongo do you think works. of? Have you ever had Wongas? Anyone ever called you Wonga? I've had Wongas. Wongas. Yeah. No, it's not good enough. Not Wonga. Australian enough. No, eh? that's right. Wongo. Got to go. Got to go. Wongo. How un-Australian is Wongas? <laughs> that's right. Jay Wong. Jay Wo. Yeah. <laughs> Interestingly enough, we kind of covered this already because my loser. I was planning to say it's the Labor Party for going with Albo because really, if they want to have want to win an election. It's very clear. Barnsey. 
Barnsey. Barnsey. Yeah, how good is that? Barnsey. Is there anybody here who wouldn't vote for Barnsey? <laughs> he's already got the abbreviated uh, he's surname. Got, he's got everything right. He's, what he says is right, but also, it's, you know, come on, he's a migrant as well. It's per- from, everything about him is perfect. From Elizabeth. It's just everything about him is perfect. He would, I'm telling you, we, we're pretty shallow. Who, who wants to vote one Barnsey? Yeah. yeah. Hey, winners and losers, just quickly, Jennifer Wong. Uh, Sorry, win- Wongo. <laughs> Sorry, Wongo. Jay, Jay Wong. Jay Wong. Uh, the winner is um, the, us, the reading public. For anyone who's ever read um, The Tiger Who Came to Tea, everyone uh, knows that Judith Kerr passed away at the age of 95, so it's really sad. But we also get to be like, oh, yeah, she gave us lots of beautiful books. And the loser, the loser that I wanted to talk about is the West Australian lovers of seafood are the losers this week with news yesterday that the rock lobster industry has rejected a new WA deal that could increase supply for local consumers. It's an absolutely shellfish move. <laughs> Please thank, I think, Wongo Tahiro and Valentino. Yay! Thank you for being part of Thank God It's Friday. TJF is taking a break. We're back on June 28 with Tommy, Manny Nolan and Gary Eck. Music from Fanny Lumsden. Until then, I'm Richard Glover. And thank God It's Friday!